Do you know how to pray? In one of his books, A.W. Tolson wrote, I quote, Some of the churches now advertise courses on how to pray. How ridiculous. That is like giving a course on how to fall in love. End quote. And I got that quote from his book on prayer. How ridiculous. Hi, my name is Terence and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Today, I review Prayer, Communing with God in Everything. Collected insights from A.W. Tozer, compiled by W.L. Siever. 224 pages published by Moody Publishers in February 2016. It's available for $1.99 in Amazon Kindle and it was the free book for April in Faith Life. And I know it's now May. Oops, uh, I'm a bit late in this review. But that's okay because I'm sure that our regular listeners have already downloaded the free book from Faith Life and Logos. Now, if you ask me uh, who is A.W. Tozer, one of the answers I could give you would be he is your grandfather's Paul Washer. By that, I don't mean that they hold the same doctrine. It's that they both don't pull their punches. Their words are daggers plunging into the all-too-comfortable Christian soul. You, your heart will get convicted in a very painful way. Today's book is a collection of Tozer's writings compiled by W.L. Siever. Now, Siever has another book on Tozer uh, titled Fiery Faith, Ignite Your Passion for God. But far more curious is his three-book series titled Purring in God's Ears. Siever, good man that he is, rescues wild and dumped cats. He writes in uh, one of those books, I quote, God used the cats I was caring for to care for me in this difficult time, just as he used the ravens with Elijah. I felt as though the feral cats ministered to me more than I helped them. As I became acquainted with each cat, their unique purr, and their special story that covers many years, I was inspired to write about them. End quote. Now, Christian cat lovers out there, these three books are for you. I'm a dog lover myself, so I will satisfy myself with Siva's other great love, which is the writings of A.W. Tozer. So let's turn to today's book, Prayer, Communing with God in Everything, Collected Insights from A.W. Tozer by W.L. Siva. Siva writes, uh, begins his introduction with these words, With fear and trembling, I approach this task of compiling Tozer's words on prayer and praying. I tried to avoid it, but the Spirit kept drawing me back to the riches of the topic for myself and others. Later in the introduction, Siva explains how the book is structured. I quote, The first 22 chapters of this book focus on Torza's writings from 16 books that deal with some aspect of prayer. The next three chapters are snippets from some sermons that deal with prayer and related topics. The last three chapters are excerpts from two major sermons that Tozer gave on prayer. To help us reflect and respond, each chapter concludes with a response section to reflect and apply, which includes questions and action steps. In addition, chapters 1 through 25 have a transition session, Exploring with Tozer, that amplifies on Tozer's thoughts on the specific prayer topic. Now, for today's review, uh, let me read from chapter 13, titled, Prayer Changes People and Things. This is one of the shorter chapters in the book, so I will read the 
whole chapter, the Torah's excerpt, out in full. I quote, No one who has read the Bible with any perception can fail to see that to God, men and women, women are more important than things. A human being is of more value than a thousand galaxies of stars or a million worlds like ours. God made man in his own image and he made things to serve man. His concern is with intelligent moral beings, not with lifeless matter. However, since every person has a material body and must live out his days in an environment of matter, time and space, things are important to him. His earthly life is, to a large degree, interwoven with matter and the laws that control matter. He is often deeply affected by the report his senses bring him from the world around him. Situations sometimes develop where the welfare of the inner man is for the time allowed to depend somewhat upon outward circumstances. At such times, it is altogether proper that he should pray to God to alter those circumstances and change things to afford a more favorable climate for the growth of the Spirit. A thousand promises are recorded in the Scriptures to encourage him to ask and seek and knock to the end so that unfavorable things might be changed or removed altogether. And the history of Israel and the Church abundantly demonstrates that God does hear and answer prayer. In all our praying, however, it is important that we keep in mind that God will not alter His eternal purposes at the word of a man. We do not pray in order to persuade God to change His mind. Prayer is not an assault upon the reluctance of God, nor an effort to secure a suspension of His will for us or for those for whom we pray. Prayer is not intended to overcome God and move His arm. God will never be other than himself, no matter how many people pray, nor how long, nor how earnestly. God's love desires the best for all of us, and he desires to give us the best at any cost. He will open rivers in desert places, still turbulent waves, quiet the wind, bring water from the rock, send an angel to release an apostle from prison, feed an orphanage, open a land long close to the gospel. All these things and a thousand others he has done and will do in answer to prayer, but only because it had been his will to do it from the beginning. No one persuades him. What the praying man does is to bring his will into line with the will of God, so God can do what he has all along been willing to do. Thus, prayer changes the man and enables God to change things in answer to man's prayer." End quote. Now, that was a very long um, reading from a selected extract from Tozer's book, The Price of Neglect. And with that reading, I hope you have a sense of Tozer's way with words, very strong, very uh, vivid images. He speaks plainly, meaningfully, powerfully. He makes us ponder on our spiritual life. And it had made Siva ponder on prayer so much so that he collected those sayings, those writings, and compiled a book on them. And he adds uh, his own thoughts to the mix. Uh, Siva reads, Prayer Changes People, okay, what I just uh, read, and to him, Abraham comes to mind. 
and he writes how Abraham lingered before the Lord and prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah. And I think that's the sort of uh, things that will come to mind when we read what just uh, what uh, Tozer wrote about changing the mind of God. And we have that famous account where uh, Abraham is desperately trying to change God's mind regarding judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, so Siva writes a bit from, from that story, from the story of Abraham. And uh, Siva concludes the chapter's reflection by writing, I quote, This whole prayer experience changed Abraham, Lot, Lot's family, and all the people in Abraham's sphere of influence. But even more, it changed not only Abraham's walk with the Lord, but his prayer life. And he suggests we see Gen uh, Genesis 20, verse 7 and 17. May we be willing to embrace such change to further God's glory. End quote. And after we read Siva's reflection, and this is his uh, habit for, the, for every chapter, he invites us to join him, as if saying to us, You have seen me do it, now it's your turn. And he does this by giving uh, the reader a quote from Torza and asks the reader, What do you think of this uh, Torza uh, quote? How can you apply it in your own life? What is your experience in living out what Torza said? And so on. And uh, these questions are suitable for small groups and also for the individual reader. And that's it. That's how each of the chapters are like. So now let me just give you my thoughts on the book as a whole. Now, if you know anything about Torza, you know that he gets quoted for outrageous things. And the crowd roars with approval, but some of us like to take a hesitant step back. Take that quote at the start of this episode. Is it so ridiculous to teach people to pray? Isn't it harsh to say that teaching people to pray is like teaching people to fall in love? If falling in love happens naturally, then is Tozer saying that prayer should not be taught, that it should be allowed to happen naturally? But then again, we wrestle with this idea and we, it comes to mind that didn't a barber write to Martin Luther asking how to pray? And Luther didn't rebuke him. He wrote a very nice and now famous letter. Don't we have uh, early church writings that instructed early Christians on how to pray? Some in very great detail. And wait a minute, didn't the disciples themselves ask Jesus, teach us how to pray? And Jesus did. So how can Torza say that it is ridiculous to teach people how to pray when the Master did so? And that is the thing with Torza quotes. And I should know, I have two books on Torza quotes. They are easily taken out of context. Do you know that uh, before he uh, ridiculed the, the churches for advertising courses on prayer, do you know what he wrote? Well, he quoted Luke 11 verse 1, which is the part where uh, Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray. Exactly what uh, um, comes to mind when we try to wrestle with a torso. So he is very mindful of that incident, of that event. So, and, and he is telling the reader that we should learn how to pray from Jesus. And if you read the sentences that follow after that ridiculous uh, quote, you will see that Torza is not against teaching on prayer. That's not what he's against. He has books on it. And I mean, we have this book, for, for, for example, where he extracts from 16 uh, other books uh, Torza's view on prayer. 
So Tozer is not against teaching on prayer. He is for teaching on prayer with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I quote the next verse, oh, sorry, the next words, sorry, the next words, the next sentence that follows after that, uh, that quote. Tozer writes, The Holy Spirit takes the things of God, translates them into language our hearts understand. Even if we do not know the will of God, the Holy Spirit does know, and He prays with groanings which cannot be uttered. When you read Tozer, you need to remember that he is a man of his time. He lived back when modernism was emerging. And modernism uh, says that we can manage our faith like how we manage our factories. We just need the practical steps and effective technique to teach them and an attractive way to advertise them and all will be well. Um, things Man has sufficient ingenuity to solve all problems in the world. Well, today modernism is bankrupt like some banks that we know. It's uh, broken cisterns without water, uh, churches without the Holy Spirit. Surely, now that people realize this, people will turn to the truth, to what Torzer has been saying all along. Well, that didn't happen. After modernism is postmodernism. Whereas before, truth was material, practical, and manageable. Now, there is no truth, or everything is truth, and we don't need to bother about truth. The lie is dead. Long live the lie. And this explains why Tozer still reads well today. We are children of modernism, okay? So we still have this type of thinking in our minds, in our habits, uh, and we are living in a postmodern age where people are telling us that. Well, everything is relative. And Tozer calls out the delusion of both. And that's why um, his, uh, his writing still has some currency today. But for today's book, uh, Tozer didn't write it. Or to be more specific, uh, Siever selected and annotated Tozer's works. Therefore, by design, this is not a cohesive uh, focus guide on prayer. If you want that, you could read Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God by Tim Keller, or The Hidden Life of Prayer by David McIntyre, or Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. So those are all very focused, very uh, tightly written books on prayer. And uh, if you're looking to be inspired to pray, you can read Piercing Heaven, Prayers of the Puritans, a collection edited by Robert Elmer, and my personal favorite book on prayer would be the classic Power Through Prayer by E.M. Bounds. So when stacked against classic books on prayer, masterfully written, is Tozer worth reading? And if yes, why settle for a hodgepodge book instead of a real Tozer book? To the first question, is it worth reading Tozer? If your prayer life has grown cold, then you need this book like a vampire needs a stake in the heart. Piercingly painful but the release from a tortured life is better than the alternative. Now, see what I did there? That was my own attempt at Tozerism. Um, Tozer likes to throw a shocking line that is easily misunderstood without the follow-up. So, there are many great writers on prayers, and Tozer, I think, should be included among them. Tozer, at his best, shakes the Christian out of his spiritual slump. And there are people who would 
appreciate or receive what Toza writes uh, on prayer uh, more so than if they read other books. So you might want to give Toza a chance. Now to the second question. If you do decide to give Toza a try, why not just pick up one of his books instead of this collection of various extracts? The problem is that you may not know where to start. And for that reason, I would recommend today's book. In this one book, you have extracts from 16 Tozer books and some of his sermons. Now, this is as good a place as any to start your journey with Tozer on prayer. And you have a good guide in Siva. He has done more than cut and paste pages of Tozer together. He also includes his own personal thoughts. Then you would think, why would anyone want to read what a quote-unquote nobody like Siva thinks, when you can read the thoughts of great men like E.M. Bounds or the Puritans. Rather than comment on the writing quality of uh, W.L. Siva, and I think he would prefer that I focus your attention on Tozer than on him, I want to commend uh, for this uh, moment the practice of engaging with what you read. For this is what Siva did. Uh, he read what Tozer wrote, then he uh, then he thought of Abraham as being a very good, uh, uh, what is it, reflection of the of the of the writing, and then he collected his thoughts and he wrote them down. Now, these uh, written thoughts of his will not win Siva any literary prizes. Perhaps he might win one in a Christian cat lovers convention, but the important point is that he engages with what he read and shows us that you don't have to be fancy uh, to do some writings, to do some write-up of what you gain from your reading. After all, how many of us can write a bestseller or a classic, like all those great authors that we love? But all of us can read and engage with what we read. You can write down your thoughts, and you should. Your reflections on your reading will probably not get you published. But if sharing your thoughts drives you, if it fires you up, then post them in social media. Start a blog. Or maybe you want to try uh, starting a Christian book review podcast. I see in this book um, not so much a, a top-shelf book, a great book, but rather a book that can serve its purpose. Uh, to somebody who is not familiar with Torza and who would like to know about prayer, uh, from this uh, man's uh, point of view, and we would like to begin somewhere. I think this is a great book for such a purpose. And another aspect is that in this book, I see a man who has gained much on prayer from Tozer and is just very enthusiastic in wanting to introduce these uh, wonderful thoughts, these helpful, impactful, influential um, thoughts uh, to new readers uh, or even uh, familiar, uh, those familiar with Torza, but have never seen his writings on prayer compiled together like this. Torza was a, was a plain-speaking man, and I don't know whether Torza liked cats, but if he did, that would be an extra bonus, that a cat-loving, plain-speaking man got the chance to write a book on Torza and prayer. This is a Reading and Readers review of Prayer, Communing with God in Everything. 
collected insights from A.W. Tozer, compiled by W.L. Siever, 224 pages published by Moody Publishers in February 2016. It's available for $1.99 in Amazon Kindle, and it was the free book for April in Faith Life. Now, my next book review is an interesting one. It's, uh, the title is On Getting Out of Bed, The Burden and Gift of Living by Alan O. Noble. And I know it's a good book because when I was reading it, I was sharing page after page of this book with the people I know. So that means that this, this is a good book and I just can't wait to review it for us all. So thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.